So good morning, Eastside family. We want to let our children ages two years old through first grade make their way in that direction to junior worship. The rest of you who are in here uh, want you to take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 3. While you're taking your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 3, I want to remind you about a very important aspect of our worship assembly, and that's the offering that we bring before God every Sunday. You were so faithful in worshiping God in this way. We make it possible for you to worship God in four ways through your offering. You can mail a church check to the church address. You can give them an automatic draft through your bank. You can go online to the website at eastsidesprings.com, click on the box that says give, follow the easy instructions. Or if you're here Today in the auditorium, you can drop off your contribution in the box on the way out. If you're not here uh, in the auditorium, but you're here with us live streaming is uh, Jake and Linda. Glad to have you guys with us and so many others. We're delighted to have you here. It means the world to us. We're honored and humbled that you would be here. I can't give a shout out to everyone, but I do want to say welcome to Honza, who is here with us today, all the way from Prague, the Czech Republic. And I just want to tell you, your brother is watching. There are others who are with us today. Honza, um, his wife died about four weeks ago. It was their 10th anniversary, a few days after that. She died on a Monday, and you know I went to the Czech Republic, and I arrived there on Tuesday, the day after she died. And it meant the world to me to be with Honza. Honza is going through a very hard time in his life right now as you can imagine and I want him to see you and to hear from you so I'm going to teach you how to say something in Czech do you know how to say we love you in English right we know how to say that so I'm going to teach you one Czech word it's his name Honza say it with me Honza Okay, you're going to turn around and you're going to get that camera up there and you're going to wave and to kind of throw you're going to say, we love you, Honza. That camera right up there in the balcony, ready, here we go. And what, he's got to hear it all the way over there. One, two, three, we love you, Honza. All right, Honza, take your Bible and turn to, um, what did I say? Joshua, Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3, and thanks to our, our lovely stage crew. We're going to get jumped straight into our passage this morning. That was the introduction as such. Joshua chapter 3, I'm going to read through this passage, beginning in verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of the three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. In verse 6, And Joshua said to the priest, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that I will be so I will be with you. As for you, command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, listen to this, Come here 
and listen to the words of the Lord your God. What a great intro for a sermon. Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites, and the Menentites. Behold, the ark of... Just seeing who's with me. Most of you aren't following. Get with me. Verse 11. There are no men in tights in this passage. Verse 11. Behold the ark of the covenant. There better not be any in here as well. Behold the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing before you into the Jordan. Now therefore take 12 men from the tribes of Israel. From each tribe a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. you got to see that. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priest, bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priest bearing the ark were dipped in the brink of the water. Now... The Jordan, the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon, and those flowing down toward the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. So I want you to imagine that this chair represents where you are right now in your life. And this can be where you are spiritually, where you are physically, where you are relationally, maybe in a conflict or challenge with somebody. It can be something relevant to your family, something relevant to your children. It could be something about your job. It can be something about your finances. It can be a conflict you have with somebody. It can be a, a personal struggle. It can be an addiction. This is you and this is where you are right now. And this chair is where you should be. But you're not. This is where God wants you and is calling you to be. So the question is, what's right here? What's holding you back? What is stopping you? What is it that you're allowing to keep you stuck where you are because you're afraid. What are you afraid of? What is something that you would do, something that you believe God wants you to do if it weren't for this, whatever this is? Are you settling for less? in your faith, in your life, when God wants so much more for you. What is it your heart yearns for, but you're here 
stuck here. In life, we often find ourselves in a situation where we have a choice to stay where we are or go where we ought to be, where we want to be, where God is calling us, but there's a barrier of fear that we are allowing to keep us here. And so it calls for fearless courage to cross over. So this is where we find the the people of God here in the story in Joshua chapter 3. God has brought the Israelites so far. He brought them out of captivity in Egypt. He brought them to Mount Sinai. He gave them the law to guide and instruct their lives. And then he bore with them patiently through 40 years in the wilderness when it seems like every day he should have said, that's done, I've had enough, and he stuck with them. And now he's brought them so close to where he wants them to be. And it's here in this promised land that he wanted to do incredible things through his people. Moses tells the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 23, he says, he brought us out from there, meaning out from captivity in Egypt, that he might bring us in. He brought us out that he might bring us in and give us the land he swore to give our fathers. The Christian life is so much more than just escaping death, but it's being brought into, it's entering abundant life. God had so much more for the people of Israel than just getting out of Egypt. So here they were. But between where the Israelites were and where God wanted them to be was the Jordan River here in our story. As you can see on the map, they were camped in the camp of Shittim. It was just east of the Jordan River. The Jordan River was at flood stage. And so it just seems pretty much impossible to cross. So now they have a choice. Are they going to stay where they are and settle for less? Or are they with fearless courage going to cross their river of impossibility? My question for you is, what is your river of impossibility that's keeping you, you're allowing, I should say, to keep you stuck right here where you are? What is the excuse you are using to say, I can't. When in truth, it's not about I can't. It's that you won't because you're afraid. As you noticed at the end of the chapter, the Israelites crossed their river of impossibility. And so what did he say to them to say, we're going? What what were the words that emboldened them to make this incredible step? Let's take a look at that so that we too with fearless courage might face and cross our rivers of impossibility. First of all, he tells them, notice in verse 5, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. 
Well, consecrate, that's not a word that we use much on the street. That's a word we use only in, in Bible conversation. What does it mean? What is he telling them when he says consecrate yourself? Well, if you go into the Hebrew text to look that up, that word up, it means to sanctify. Well, that doesn't help much either. That's just another church word that we use. It means to dedicate yourself, to prepare yourself, to pur purify yourself, or in a simplistic way of saying it, to consecrate yourself is to make yourself clean in order to do something. And so, so you see this as you back up in the book of Leviticus as, as the Levitical priests are going to serve in the temple or in the tabernacle and then in the temple they first had to consecrate themselves and consecration for them meant it meant you need to take a bath you need to wash your body you need to take off these dirty clothes and put on clean priestly clothes and then they would they would offer an animal sacrifice for the blood of that sacrifice would bring them forgiveness of sins. A priest, you, the, those who serve in the temple, you don't just walk into the presence of God dirty, carrying your baggage of sin, expecting to be powerfully used by God in service to Him. There was a need to consecrate yourself. And this is all throughout the Old Testament. You see it again and again and again that God says, if you want me to hear your prayers, if you want me to work mightily in your life, you've got to deal with this huge barrier of sin that you've put up between me and you. And so that's the passage that, that Kevin read to us earlier in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2, it's like a, a condensed version of what you read here of the instructions in Joshua chapter 3. There we read, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Don't stay where you are, but run. You'll see it, we'll see in the next chapter, in chapter 4 of Joshua, that they didn't just, just go slowly across the Jordan. They were hurrying, they were running. Across. He says, run with endurance the race that is set before us. But before he tells them that, he says, lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And so this is the picture at least that I saw in my mind of a hot air balloon and you're wanting to lift off but you can't because you have these weights that are holding you down and they have to be cut loose. Stuff that you're holding to that is holding now you back. You see too often when I say what is this barrier? The crazy part is a barrier of our own doing that we have established our own sin and so as I ask what are you what's holding you back what is it that's holding you back the real question maybe is what are you holding on to I find myself too often in conversations with people who are living in continual willful sin against God and they're totally confused as to why they're stagnant spiritually stuck in a rut unable to move, unable to grow. Consecrate yourself. It starts for some with giving your life to Christ in baptism. That's that clothing like the priest did, putting on those clothes in Christ. That's the first step of cleansing. But then it involves, it's not just stopping there, but it's a continual process of repentance. Constantly looking at my life, what is it that I'm putting up between me and God that's keeping me stuck where I am? right now. Listen, if you want to move from where you are to where God wants you to be, that He may do wonders in your life, you need to consecrate yourself. So let me ask you, what does that mean for you?
Secondly, there's probably a, a better way of making this point. Consecrate yourself, number one. Number two, follow God's lead. Notice in chapter 3 and verse 3, he says, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. So it's really significant to note that in this chapter, this short chapter, ten times the Ark of the Covenant is mentioned. I don't have time, you can do this in your life groups, to mention this, the Ark and the elaborate detail that, it, that was a part of the Ark of the Covenant. But I will just want to make note of this, that this ornate box that the priest carried around it's very clear in Scripture it represented for the Israelites the presence of God that was there among His people. And so notice in verse 10, He says, Here's how you shall know that the living God is among you. You ever wonder, how do I know that God is here? And here's how you shall know, in verse 10, that without, He will without fail drive out before the enemy you face. Verse 11, here's how you know. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing before you into the Jordan. It told the people, he's here. In verse 4, he tells them, and you follow the presence of God symbolized by the ark. And I love this phrase, for you have not crossed this way before. They were going into unknown territory. And I think one of the things that often paralyzes us is the fear of the unknown. What is there? And so we settle for less and stay in the dysfunction of our known. That's crazy. God is calling us out of here, whatever here is as a church, whatever here is for your family as an individual, and into the unknown. And I know that's frightening. What is it? But he's not sending us there. He's leading us there. He goes before us. In my journal entry for this chapter, I noticed I wrote these words, if God will go before me, I can go anywhere. There is nowhere God will call you where he won't also be there with you. And that's what Jesus said in this mission that is the mission of our church given to us by Jesus to go and make disciples of all nations in Matthew chapter 28. And he says, and I will be with you always. Knowing as the Lord of all the earth, Joshua 3.11, the Lord of all the earth, knowing the Lord of all the earth is with me. It gives me fearless courage to cross my river of impossibility to where God wants me to be. But this is what that doesn't mean. It doesn't mean, all right, God, I'm going to stay right here. And you go over there, you part those waters, right? And then, and then I'll cross. I'm going to sit here and wait for you to do something. And once I can see clearly that you have done something, then I'll move. God, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. To which God replies, it just doesn't work like that. Sure, I'll do my part. That's key to the story. But God says, I need you to step out and take the first step of faith. 
Take a courageous first step of faith. That's point number three. Notice it in verse 15. This is interesting. As soon as their feet touch the water's edge, the water from up, upstream flow, stopped flowing. When? As soon as their feet touched the water. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. They didn't see a miracle and then say, let's move. They, by faith, believed what God had promised. And by that belief and faith in what God has promised, they stood out in faith and God worked an incredible wonder among them. You got to get your feet wet. And that can be frightening. I, um, I don't want to go first. Do you? The water is at flood stage. The snows of Mount Hermon that are so nearby, we know this here, don't we? They're melting and they're pouring down into the Sea of Galilee that's flowing down to the Jordan River. The Jordan River is deeper than it's ever been. This is flood stage. This is like, could be at this point, a mile wide. And the current could be flowing. I don't want to go first. What if I get swept away in the current? Or what if, what if, what if I step my feet into the water and the waters don't get held back? That's going to look really stupid and everybody's going to laugh at me. Or what if I, what if I step my, put my feet first like God says into the water, the waters part, I'm making my way across and all of a sudden the waters are no longer held back and they cover me up and I drown and die. No thanks. I'm staying right here. Don't you trust God? We're going to see later in in, in the book of Joshua, God is saying, I'm going to take down those walls of Jericho, but before I do, I want to see in you an expression of faith. Start marching. Here's where you are, and here's where God wants you to be. And God has promised, I'm with you. I'm going before you. But you've got to step out in faith. So my question to you is, what does that mean? What does that step mean for you? Yeah. I don't know. That's why right now I'm trusting the Holy Spirit's working with us right now. And if you're hearing those answers, that's him telling you so that you'll know this is what God is calling you to do in that first step. This next point, this other word of wisdom that was given to the Israelites, it's it's not explicitly stated in this passage, but I'm convinced it's implied. And I see this point here because it's probably the main barrier right now that's keeping me where I am instead of being where God wants me to be. I hear God telling Joshua and the Israelites, how would I say it? Don't wait. 
Don't procrastinate. Take a courageous first step of faith today. God's not asking you to go home and think about this. He's asking you to do something today. Notice, notice what it says in verse 7. As God is speaking to Joshua about the plans for them to cross the river, he says, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel. He didn't say, someday we're going to, one day we will. He said, Joshua, this is going to happen. I'm calling for this to happen today. And I would have said, too often I say, this is a great idea. It is. It's exciting. I should do this. I need to do this later. Because the river's at flood stage. Just look. It's too dangerous. It's too risky. This is not wise, it's not logical, it's not reasonable. It's good, but better to wait. And at this point, when such thoughts are running through my mind, the question I need to ask myself is, Eddie, is, is this really about what's wise and practical or logical, or are these excuses that you're making because you're afraid to move? Are you going to listen to God or are you going to listen to the river too often the word later is the excuse of a coward listen there will always be a good reason to do later what God is calling you to do today and if you will, if you will take that step, verse 5, the Lord in the uh, ESV that I'm reading from, the Lord will do wonders among you in the NIV. The Lord will do amazing things among you. And that's our point. That's the final point. Point number five. Sure, it's intimidating. Sure, it's fearful. But I can tell you this. You can be pretty certain you've heard from God if your first response is fear. And sure, it's bigger than you are. It's beyond your capability and your possibilities. You can be pretty sure it's a calling from God if it seems to you impossible because it probably is. But he doesn't say, you will do wonders. You will do amazing things. It doesn't say that. He says, I will. If you will simply consecrate yourself, trust me. And step out and take a step of faith. Oh, I will do what is unimaginable in this church and in your life. So what does that mean for you? Not tomorrow. Today. So as I've told you, in each of these, in each of these lessons... Joshua is the Hebrew word for Jesus. All of Joshua, all of the Bible, Jesus is the main point. Somebody says, what is the Bible about? It's about Jesus. It's pointing to Jesus. That's the purpose of the book of Joshua. 
In that passage that Kevin referred to, that I mentioned earlier in Hebrews chapter 2, he makes it really clear. So let me just read this as we close. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, these are the witnesses. Since we have this incredible story of these people of God who says we're moving from where we are to where God wants us to be, we are going to move with fearless courage. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let's consecrate ourselves and let let us run. I didn't notice that before ever. It didn't say, let's tiptoe, let's walk carefully, let's run. Wherever you are, where God wants you to be, run. Run with perseverance, the race marked out before us. Let us fix our eyes. Now it's not on the ark, but on Jesus. He's the presence of God. Among us, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Church, Jesus has gone before us. He's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done. He's not asking us to go where he hasn't already gone. So that's really the story of the gospel, is the story of where we are, and where God is, and this huge chasm of sin, talking about a flood stage of impossibility. And the story of the gospel is that Jesus Christ came to the earth, and by his death on the cross, swing it this way, built a bridge. That we might cross our river of impossibility. By the cross and the resurrection, Jesus has blazed the trail for us. He's gone with us. He's gone before us. And so listen, you cross this bridge when you put your trust in God. And you say, you're going to be my Lord. And initially, it's when you're baptized into Christ. And you enter from where you are to where God wants you to be. And it can only be done by the cross. If you've never surrendered your life to God in baptism, then I want to encourage you. That's really what God is calling you to do today. But it doesn't stop there. We continue to follow His lead because there will never be a time in our lives when we're not standing before rivers of impossibility. And so we still ask once again, and I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to answer for you as I ask this. Here's where you are. Here is where, where you really ought to be, where God wants you to be. What's here? What are you afraid of? God is with you. He's gone before you. Consecrate yourself. Trust Him and step out and follow His lead today. And He will do wonders among you. So what does that mean practically and personally for your life? I don't know. But let's ask God in prayer to answer that question for us. Let's stand up. Father, we thank you for this ancient story that has such incredible 
relevance for us today. I pray, O Holy Spirit, that you will take these words that we have read and reflected over and help us to see what it means for us in very personal and practical ways. As we enter into this time of prayer, our, our shepherds are here. They're available to pray with you if you want to. If you're here and you're carrying a heavy burden or you're struggling to move from where you are to where God wants you to be and you need somebody to pray with you, I want to encourage you to reach out to one of our shepherds or there's not enough shepherds to cover all the people here. And if, Just find someone to, to pray with. And if you know someone here that's carrying a heavy burden and there's a lot of them, I want to encourage you to step out from where you are, and let's just spend this time, remainder of our time, in prayer together. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.